Chapter 11 of the History of Burke and Hare and of the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History of Burke and Hare by George McGregor. Chapter 11 A Narrow Escape. The Old Irishwoman and Her Grandson. Their Murder. Hare's Horse Rising in Judgment still the wholesale slaughter of weak human beings went on the murderers never sought a strong able man upon whom to try their fatal skill they always chose the old and the silly in body or in mind those who could be plied with drink burke one day in june eighteen twenty eight was wandering about the streets of edinburgh looking for another subject in the high street he came across a frail old man whose physical condition bespoke him an easy victim and whose bleared eyes and drink-sodden face showed he would quickly respond to the fatal bribe of a glass or two of whisky the two men were just becoming fast friends and were about to adjourn to the den in logs lodging-house when an old woman leading a blind boy of about twelve years of age came up to them she asked if they could direct her to certain friends for whom she was seeking burke then discovered her to be an irishwoman who had walked all the way from glasgow sleeping at nights by the roadside or in farmyards and whose simple question showed that she was entirely strange to edinburgh this was a better opportunity he thought and he parted with the old man to make friends with the newcomers he soon found out from the woman's own statement who she was and for whom she was in search and on the strength of a common nativity he undertook to befriend her professing that he knew where her friends resided and that he would take her to them the boy it seemed was her grandson and he was deaf and dumb burke even thought he was weak in his mind so he took them to hare's house at the west port feeling certain that he had obtained a prize if not two of them he knew that being strangers there would be less chance of an inquiry after them should they disappear than if they had been denizens of edinburgh though experience had shown him that even the best-known figures in the district could drop out of sight without any serious search being made for them again the bottle was set on the table and the old irish woman was invited to take a drop until her friend should come in for it was told her that they resided there it is the old sickening story the whisky operated quickly on the wearied brain the woman lay down on the bed and at the dead hour of the night she was murdered by the human ghouls how truly can pose lines be applied to them they are neither man nor woman they are neither brute nor human they are ghouls the dreadful work completed they stripped the body and laid it on the bed covering it with the bed-tick and bedclothes all this time unconscious of the tragedy going on in the little room the poor boy was in the one adjoining in the charge of the women who were in their peculiar way looking to his comfort he was becoming anxious at his grandmother's prolonged absence from him even though she was in the same house and he gave such expression to his anxiety as his dumbness would permit the men wondered what they should do with him it would be imprudent they thought to slay him also and take his body with that of his grandmother to surgeon square yet what could they do with him 
they might wander him in the city and there would be little fear that he would be able to tell how or where his grandmother had disappeared for he was deaf and dumb and weak in his mind on this point however they could not agree and they parted hare to get something to put the body into and burke to consider the whole bearings of the important matter under discussion burke in his second confession says they took the boy in their arms and carried him to the room and murdered him in the same manner and laid him alongside of his grandmother leighton however obtained some further information and in the light of it the tragedy becomes even more horrible the night passed he says the boy having by some means been made to understand that his protectress was in bed unwell but the mutterings of the mute might have indicated that he had fears which perhaps he could not comprehend the morning found the resolution of the prior night unshaken and in that same back room where the grandmother lay burke took the boy on his knee and as he expressed it broke his back no wonder that he described this scene as the one that lay most heavily upon his heart and said that he was haunted by the recollection of the piteous expression of the wistful eyes as the victim looked in his face the bodies of the old irish woman and her poor grandson lay side by side on the bed for an hour until their murderers could get something into which they could be packed the tea-chest so often used had gone astray or been used up so it was no longer available but they obtained an old herring-barrel which was perfectly dry there was no brine in it into this receptacle the two bodies were crushed and it was carried into hare's stable where it remained until the next day this cargo for the doctors required much more careful handling than any that had yet taken to surgeon square and hare's horse and cart which he had used in his hawking journeys throughout the country were pressed into the service but an extraordinary occurrence took place nearly ending in discovery the barrel was carefully put into the cart and the old hack owned by hare started for dr knox's rooms with its loathsome burden at the meal market however it took a dour fit and move it would not a large crowd had gathered round the stubborn animal and assisted the drivers to lash and beat it but all to no effect burke thought the horse had risen up in judgment upon them and he trembled for exposure conscious guilt made a coward of him fortunately for them no one made any inquiry as to the contents of the barrel for attention was directed mainly to the horse and the murderers were safe they engaged a porter with a hurley-barrow and the barrel was transferred to his care the man had less scruples than the horse and dragged his vehicle after him to surgeon square hare accompanied him and burke went on in advance fearful lest some other awkwardness should occur and the stubbornness of the horse had made him doubtful if they would manage safely through the transaction arrived at dr knox's rooms burke lifted the barrel and carried it inside another drawback took place in the unpacking of the bodies they had been put into the barrel when they were in a comparatively pliable state but now they were cold and stiff having been doubled up in it for nearly a whole day the students gave a helping hand in the work 
and when it was accomplished and the bodies laid out sixteen pounds were paid down to burke and hare but was it not strange that no questions should have been asked or that no suspicions of foul play should have been raised the horse it turned out was fairly used up hare had it shot in a neighbouring tan-yard and it was then found that the poor animal had two large dried-up sores on his back which had been stuffed with cotton and covered over with a piece of another horse's skin no wonder then that the brute refused to go further End of chapter eleven